0: Here is Pastor Micaiah. Good morning, Southridge. How are you? It's so good to see you. I'm so glad that you're back for another week. I hope that this past week has been a blessing and have been uh, just a great week for you and your family. I'm looking forward to our time together in God's Word, and my prayer and hope is that today will be a blessing and encouragement to you. If you haven't done so, I would love for you to say hello in the chat and in the comments. Our online hosts would love to greet you because we consider you a part of our Southridge Church family. So say hello, say good morning, afternoon evening whenever you're watching this we're so glad that you're here we're glad that you jumped online we're excited about what God's gonna do this morning and so my hope and my prayer is that today you you just walk away with a a great experience I'd love for you to take a moment and share this link with a friend I think today's message will be a special help and encouragement so take a moment hit that share button and let others receive the same blessing that you're about to also if you haven't done so please download the Southridge app you can text Southridge app to 77977. Download the app. You'll see past sermons. We also have uh, content for Ridge Kids that they can view as well as this content. And you can also look at the sermon notes and stay connected with us. Also, if you're new to, with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So there you can fill out a connection card and stay connected. Well, this morning I want to continue in our series entitled Christian last several weeks, we've been looking at what does it mean to be a Christian. We know what an American is, a Canadian is, an Egyptian is. We know what a comedian is. But for many times, there's a lot of different views and a lot of different definitions when it comes to a Christian. So we are looking at what it means to be a Christian. We've looked at how we need to change from convenience to conviction. We've looked at why the word of God is our authority. And we've also talked about how Jesus is coming again soon and how we need to be ready. But today I wanna bring a very important message because I believe many people are going through so much that it's starting to affect our emotions in a severely negative way. And many of us are being, can I say it like this? Manipulated by our emotions. We're letting our passions overwhelm us, and take control of us, and put us in a prison. And I want to look at what the Apostle Paul has to say about our emotions in Philippians chapter number one. So if you have a copy of God's Word, would you turn to Philippians chapter number one? Because what we're going to cover today is so vital and so important if you and I are going to have the right mood, the right mindset during these difficult days. And I want you to understand that the Word of God is our weapon against our emotions. Because many of us, our emotions can get the better of us. How many of us have gotten into fights and arguments and disputes with our wife, our husband, our children, our roommates, with our coworkers, with somebody else in the church? All because we're kind of in this funk, aren't we? Our emotions are raw because of what we're seeing online, what we're seeing in the news, and our emotions are just being ripped apart. And maybe we don't know how to properly process them. So I want us to go to God's word about these things. I want us to dig deep. So let's turn there and let's begin in Philippians chapter number one, verse one. It says, Paul and Timothy, Bondservants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it under the day of Jesus Christ. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long to be with you all with affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray that your love may abound more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God now I want you to know brethren that my circumstances have turned out for the greater For for, uh, turned out for the greater progress of the gospel so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else and that most of the brethren trust in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Did you catch it? The Apostle Paul is giving glory and praise. He's encouraging the uh, Christians at Philippi But did you notice where Paul is? He's not in Philippi, the city of Philippi. No, he's in a Roman jail and he's writing a letter of encouragement to Christians. You know, Paul had a choice to make. He could let his conditions determine the condition of his emotions, but he doesn't. As a matter of fact, he's encouraging, he's uplifting. He's calling people out and encouraging them. He's saying how good God is. Isn't that amazing? you know in my home there are two things that i have in my home i have a thermometer and i have a thermostat the thermometer tells me what the temperature is the thermometer changes according to its conditions but my thermostat Oh, I love my thermostat, especially on warm days. Man, I crank that AC down to 72. And then my wife says it's too cold. She cranks it back up to 85 degrees. And she says, oh, it's so cold in here. And I bump it back down to 68. I love my thermostat. My thermostat doesn't change because of its conditions. My thermostat changes the conditions. So my question for you this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever you're viewing this, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? Are you the type of Christian that when it comes to uh, the circumstances around you, that those circumstances change your mood, your mindset, your attitude? Are you the type of person that the things around you affect you like a thermometer? That you go up, the pressure when it goes up, man, you start to boil. Somebody cuts you off. Somebody does something you don't like, you feel like you need to go off on them. Somebody posts something online that you don't like, and you feel like you need to usher back a great rebuttal right now. Uh, Maybe somebody in the church does something that you don't appreciate. Is it all right for you to get upset, to bother, uh, to leave the church? No. You see, what's happening, you're making a decision to be a thermometer and not a thermostat. Paul is being a thermostat, isn't he? He's changing the conditions. If he didn't tell you that he was in prison, you really wouldn't know that he's in prison. The language and the wording that he uses, you would think he's on some Mediterranean island enjoying the sun, relaxing. That's what you would think. But Paul is talking about how much good God is doing because Paul understood something that the Word of God is His weapon against His emotions. And for you and I, we need to understand, the Word of God is our weapon against our emotions. And can I just say I'm concerned for some of you that are watching, for some of you that are viewing this, and that's why I think you should share it. Because some of you are letting your emotions cause arguments, cause disputes, divisions, and fighting, And honestly, it's just because your emotions are all over the place. And instead of working through those, instead of allowing God to change you, you're allowing situations to change you. So we look at Scripture and we see that the Apostle Paul is saying that God is doing a great work in us. That was first of all, that God did a great work for us. And then he's going to do a great work through us. So we see the great work that God did for us is salvation. The great work that God is doing in us is called sanctification. That is the process of God making you more like Him. And then the work that God is going to do through us is for service. You see, as we've received salvation, as God begins to change us, we're a greater servant for good. You see, the longer you've been a Christian, the better at being a Christian you should be. The more people around you that should be encouraged and blessed by you, that you're not letting little offenses and little things bother you and get under your skin. That you understand that I will cover it with love and grace. That we think the best of people. We don't quickly jump to conclusions and lack compassion. Because so many people are going through so much and so many people are struggling and hurting. And so the Apostle Paul is teaching us how to have the right attitude. And so he even talks about the city of Philippi with fond memories. But even there, he struggled. Even there, he went through great difficulty. So I need you to write something down if you're taking notes. Paul is a prisoner, but he's not captive to his conditions. Would you just take that for a moment and meditate on that? That Paul is a prisoner, but he's not captive to his conditions. He didn't see the prison as a prison. He saw the prison as something totally different. And that's the encouragement for you and I. That as we look at our surroundings, as we look at what the world's coming to, that we don't be held captive to these conditions. You see, if you are a Christian, you have Jesus Christ inside of you. You are not bound by these things. We have an eternal hope. There's an eternal optimism. We don't need to worry about the political structure today. We don't need to give in to fear about all the chaos that's happening. As a matter of fact, we can rest on the rock of Jesus Christ because that's where our foundation is and we can pray for these situations. The word of God says in 1 Peter 5, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. My question for you right now is have you been doing that? Or are you just allowing every condition just to affect you and bother you? And so much so that your wife can't stand it, your husband can't stand it, your kids can't stand it. You're letting it just poison the well of everything good around you. So Paul is letting you know, you don't have to be a thermometer, you can be a thermostat. And so he lets us understand that the problem is actually our perspective. Did you catch what he was saying? He was saying, I always have an offering of prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. He's saying, when I think of you, I think of great joy. I think of great memories. I think about the positive. He's got the gift of perspective. He's got the gift of the way he sees things. As a matter of fact, he even says that because I'm in prison, the whole Praetorian guard there in Rome, they're hearing the gospel. And he said, many people are being one to Christ. Right now, how is your perspective? How do you see things? Are you allowing everything that the media is pointing you to that's negative uh, to affect you. Understand, folks, the media is based on the fact that they have uh, got to make certain quotas. They got to get so many clicks. It's, it's, they're publicly traded companies. So they need cash for clicks. So they know fear sells. So don't feed your mind with that. We should be Christians that we feed on faith, not on fear. And so we need to work on our perspective this morning you see the activity of their mind affects the attitude of the heart let me say it again the activity of your mind affects the attitude of your heart so if you're struggling with heart issues emotional issues it's because it started in your mind so this morning this afternoon this evening we need to say god help me with what i'm thinking about many of you are wearing a face mask to filter your mouth And what you need to do is have a mask to filter your mind because you're allowing all these things to go in unfiltered instead of taking God's word and saying, Lord, work in my heart. God, help me to see things. You see, the problem is our perspective. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Many of you wouldn't let an enemy into your home, but yet you'll let the enemy into your heart and into your mind. You haven't set a guard. You haven't, thought about what you're thinking about. You haven't taken a moment and said, hey, right now I've turned into a thermometer and not a thermostat. I need to be changing the climate around me. If your home is full of depression, if your home is full of discouragement and strife, then you say, I'm gonna be the thermostat and I'm gonna change the temperature. Play some worship music. Read scripture with the family. Gather the family and say, we need to pray. We need to talk about this. And call out the negative emotions. You need a greater perspective. Jeremiah 17 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So the problem is our perspective. But for many of you, this problem of your perspective being fixed on the negative is turning into a problem that is now a pattern. Some of you have a pattern of negativity. Your first thing is to jump to the wrong conclusions. Your first thing is to see things for what they're not actually. Your first thing inclination is to think the worst about your wife, to think the worst about your husband, to think the worst of somebody at the church, to think the worst of somebody in your neighborhood. Instead of saying, no, I need to not have a mind that is negative, but a mind that says, I have a pattern that's positive. Would you put that in the chat? That you need to have a pattern of thinking that is positive? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. But the key is to love God's word, His law. How much do you love God's word and you let God's word get in you? So many many of our problems are rooted in our thinking patterns. Let's start right now changing the way we think. And if the six o'clock news is disturbing your thinking, if you have a toxic friend who's messing up your thinking, it's time that we put barriers and we limit those things or at least counteract those. You can't watch eight hours of the news and fill in your mind with fear and then get 10 minutes of God's word and think that's enough to counteract it. It's not, my friend. So to be a thermostat, you're going to have to say like Paul, I may be a prisoner, but I am not captive to my conditions. But Paul doesn't stop there. As a matter of fact, Paul even says, I'm being persecuted. But notice he's not concerned, even though he's being persecuted. He's suffering real persecution. He's in prison, not because he broke the law, not because he did anything wrong, not because he murdered, stole. No. He's in prison because of his religious beliefs. He's being persecuted. But notice what he says in verse 6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he that began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So instead of him giving into a panic, he's confident. He is not concerned. He is confident. That's my question for you. Are you confident in Christ this morning or are you concerned about everything that's going on around you? Are you so bothered by everything that you can't sleep at night and it takes Xanax and it takes sleeping pills and it takes a nightcap and it takes all these things to help you to get some sleep? Hey, my friend, that's not what God wants for you. God wants you to be confident that Christ said, I am good. I will do good. I'm here for you. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you. And God says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly and you will find rest. That's what God wants for you. That rest, that beautiful rest. But many of you, you're struggling and it starts with the fact that you need to have your confidence restored in Christ. Not the economy, not who sits in the White House, not what rules are happening, not if you get your store opened. Your confidence should and always rest in Christ because there will always be a crisis. There always will. After this, there'll be another crisis. There'll be another plague. There'll be another economic downturn. There'll be somebody else that you like in office, somebody you don't like in office. There's gonna be a job loss. There's gonna be people that you love past, but understand That when it comes to these crises, we understand we have a confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our firm foundation. He's not going anywhere. So neither should you. So you should say, I'm going to stay rooted in Christ. He's my foundation. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I'm not concerned because I am confident. But understand, when it comes to these conditions that we're facing, it's for our conditioning. Let me say it again. The conditions that you're in are for your conditioning. Let me illustrate. Some of you may be involved in professional sports or athletics and you understand conditioning. You understand that you need to exercise. You need to get your heart rate up. You need to stay fit. You understand that. Many of you may even played college sports or high school sports and you would have two a days. Man, it was brutal. Maybe in the hot sun you would work and it'd be long hours and it'd be tough. It'd be strenuous. What was it called? It was called conditioning. You see, God is conditioning you and I. He's toughening you up. Some of you thought you would never survive this, but yet here we are three months later and you're still surviving. Some of you are thriving. Some of you are closer to God than you've ever been because you understand that these conditions are your conditioning. That what the enemy meant for evil, you're going to turn it for good. So Satan meant to take you out, but this is just turning you up. Where you just understand that God is working. He's not done with me. He's continuing to work, being confident this very, very thing. That he that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Meaning until he comes again, which we learned about last week. Go check it out. So he's saying, this is for your conditioning. So don't fight it. Don't fight as a thermometer. Don't get mad that the temperature is turning up. Instead, say, I'm a thermostat. I'm changing these conditions. And Paul understood that God was turning his pain into a platform for the gospel to be preached. And so you need to understand that God is taking this pressure you're under. And many of you, my goodness, you're under pressure. Some of you have lost family members during this season. You've lost jobs. You've alienated relationships or relationships have been alienated from you. You feel cut off. Some of you are social butterflies, and you have not been able to be social. Some of you feel depressed, discouraged, anxiety, panic, fear. You're overwhelmed. And what do you do? You understand when it comes to God, that God is using this pressure to turn it into a beautiful platform. A platform for the glorious gospel to be preached. Because this world does not have hope. This culture does not offer hope. There are short-term and short-sighted solutions, but Jesus is the hope of the world. He's the one that can save us. He's the one that can transform us. He can transform your situation. He can speak life into it. And what he's gonna do is he's gonna speak life first into your heart. Some of you just want God to snap his fingers and change your conditions, but God's not gonna do that. God instead is saying, no, I'm gonna start a work inside of you. I'm gonna work on you because if, you just pray and God take away everything hard in my life, you're never growing and God wants you to grow. God wants you to become more. Instead of just saying, no, I'm content to stay who I am and where I am, God is constantly pushing you to the next level. He's saying it's time to grow, it's time to mature. It's time for you to grow deeper in God's word. Some of you in this season, you've really peaked and God wants you to keep climbing. He wants you to keep growing. Some of you aren't reading God's word as much as you should or praying as much as you should, or meeting together in God's house as you should. So we need to understand that God is using this time as a platform. Your conditioning, this conditions are for your conditioning. So the pressure is not a prison, this is a platform. And you have, an ex- you have a choice, either you can try to escape this prison of pressure, or you can embrace it because God's building something with it. He's doing something right now. Many of you, you will look back on the season and thank God for it. I know right now you're thinking, how would I ever thank God for this season? But I promise you, you're going to look back and say, God did some of his greatest work in my darkest season. So Paul, lastly, is at peace. You say, why? He's peaceful. He's not confused because he understands God is in control. Would you notice what he says? Let me read in verse number 12. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. That's the key. That's the goal. That was Jesus' last command here on earth, to go and spread the gospel. And Paul's like, I'm in prison, but the gospel's being spread. Right now you may have lost your job, but God's using the gospel to spread in greater ways. You're able to preach the gospel to your children who you haven't had time, been able to spend as much time with. Or you're able to preach the gospel to your neighbor who you haven't had a lot of time with. You're able to spread the gospel to people. And so you have the great opportunity. So he understands that. Verse 13, he says, So that my imprisonment in, in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren, trusting the Lord because of my imprisonment, Have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Isn't that interesting? That because Paul's in prison, he's saying the other Christians here in Rome, they have more courage to preach the gospel. Maybe when people see you changing the climate, the conditions around them, because you're being a thermostat, not a thermometer, maybe that's going to give them more courage to change their climate. And that's what we need. I know many of you are saying, reform, reform, reform. You know what you and I need? We need transformation, not just reform. Not just changing the old, we need something completely new. And so you and I need to be a thermometer in this cultural climate. Where we say, I'm going to change the temperature. I'm going to bring God into this situation. I'm going to bring God in my workplace. I'm bring God into my home. Right now, through the screen, that's what you can do. You say, I'm going to invite God into this situation. It's tense. It's stressful. Let's just bring God right now into this moment. So Paul... He, first of all, began to realize, i got to control my thinking. i got to change my thinking. You see, the Bible says, Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You see, he understood that. Understand that you say, God, I'm going to control my thinking. You see, why do you believe everything you think? Your thoughts are bearing fruit, aren't they? Your thoughts are turning into something. And you can't have a positive life and a negative mind at the same time. And many of you are wondering why you're not having a positive life because you have a negative mind. So change your mind and you'll change everything else. So control your thinking. Also, he controlled what he spoke. He encouraged people. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start encouraging people and changing the way that I speak to people. Maybe you start there. Say, you know what? I'm going to speak kinder to my family. I want to speak kinder to my neighbors. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak things that would encourage them and uplift them. And I'm not going to be one that's constantly given to speaking negative. Instead, I'm just going to continue to speak life. And I'm going to continue to see what God wants to speak through me. And that's your goal. So speak life and truth. Then also control your feelings. Say, how do I do that? Paul is really what he's saying. Your joy is your job. Some of you are waiting for a stimulus check, you're waiting for a job, you're waiting for somebody to do something unexpected for you to have joy. But then that's short-sighted, short-lived, isn't it? God wants you to have a deeper joy, a lasting joy, a joy unspeakable, full of glory, overwhelming joy. And you can have it, but it's your responsibility to say, I'm going to have joy. You see, make a choice to rejoice in the Lord. In Philippians, Paul's gonna say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That whatever circumstances, whatever the conditions are, you say, I am a thermometer, not a thermostat. Or excuse me, I'm a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer is changed by its conditions. But you need to say, I'm a thermostat. I'm going to change my conditions. So man, if it's cold, bump it up. Get some warmth in there. If it's hot, bump it down get some cool air in there be that thermostat and that's my hope and prayer that our church can change the conditions of the climate around us i know we can that's what god has called us to do the apostle paul gave us the model the roadmap, how to do it so this morning maybe you're saying i don't know jesus then today the greatest prayer that you can pray is to invite jesus into your heart right now to make jesus the lord of your life to ask him to forgive your sins to come into your heart to change your mind and make you new? Would you pray and receive Jesus Christ right now? Or maybe you're struggling. Your family's been noticing it. Maybe you've been noticing it. And maybe this morning, this afternoon, this evening, you say, God, help me to change. Help me to be a thermostat to change my conditions. We're praying for you. We're here for you. Reach out to our church. Let us know how we can serve you. God bless you. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you next week. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting southridgesanjose.com connect. Again, that's southridgesanjose.com connect.